Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, the garage. This is the Brothers Ketchup, your weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Salviazzi. With me, as always, is my brother, Frankie. I had someone say to me this week, What are we going to do? What are we going to do if uh, Trump gets arrested? Cheer. Dude. Well, that's actually a really good answer because my initial response was like, Do you really. Do we care? Does that hold on? Wait, time out. Pause. It's been a while since we like talked about politics on this podcast, but the reason for that specifically is because like we lost a long time ago. The world is over. Now this is a waiting game. We the best thing that could possibly happen in like U.S. politics would be that the corrupt people who run this country go out of their way to continue to vilify Donald Trump so that the rest of the country can understand how fucking stupid everything is here. We are on the verge of nuclear war. The economy is spiraling down the toilet. Literally, the same people who crashed the economy and bailed out the banks last time are crashing the economy and bailing out the banks and coming on television to explain why we should all be thankful for it. People understand now. So if the next thing they see is... Still not enough. Donald Trump being perp walked for a for a payment to, to a porn star. I think I just think it can only help. It can't hurt. <laughs> like, first of all, you know how like it's weird. Like we've lost, but at the same time, I I think that the other side is so bad at this. <laughs> so like bad. even though they they can't not win because they just have it. They've all the power in hand. Yeah. They single-handedly like are to blame for why Trump was elected in the first place. Yeah, I think they're thinking that they're like so scared of Trump, which is like I if I was them, like I wouldn't be scared of Trump. Trump is no longer the person you should be scared of. I would be scared of like I think they think like well, DeSantis is like a real politician, or you know anyone else are like actual politicians. DeSantis would scare the fuck out of me if I was them. Because he's shown he doesn't really, like, I don't know, like, is he really going to be that much friendlier to you than Trump was? More than just DeSantis, it's it's the entirety of the the Republican Party that's not in the bag with yeah. the Romneys These or McConnells. Are... Like, Josh Hawley, J.D. Vance, like, maybe none of them are great. Maybe none of them are as fun as Trump, because what Trump gives you is literally you someone that. untethered from the system. But you don't actually want that. I don't know if you want it. Well, no, you do. You do want someone untethered from the system. I thought you were going to say that, like, Trump is, like... And, and that's maybe giving Trump too much credit, too. Because, like, can we really say that he's untethered? We say it all the time, that one of the things that Trump, we can say definitively about Trump is that our opposition... The powers that be, the status quo, the uniparty got stronger because of Donald Trump in his four years as president. Whether he meant to do it or not, it yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter happened. if he was their opposition the or not. Yeah, the result is we're in a worse spot. Now, I don't know that we were in a worse spot than if they had won in 2016. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, we're, in 2016, we're in a better spot than if they had won. Yes. We're in a worse spot than we were when they lost, though. Yes. Like, it wasn't like winning, then we got something back. No, I mean, I think we're in a worse spot now than we were in 2016. Yes. But we, we're if the, they would have lost in 2016, 
it'd be worse than it is. They're now. just doing all the stuff now that, that they would have yes. done, like yeah. the war, the war with Russia and China would have already happened. The crashing of the U.S. economy. But that's maybe why it is worse, though. Maybe we'd have yeah, been on the other know, side. Yeah, we already don't. We'd be like, hey, we already survived the nuclear holocaust. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe we'd all be dead already. That might be better too. But we are where we are. So, like, does it really matter? Does it really is it really giving Trump too much credit to say that? Oh, you know, he's completely untethered from the system, and is it? slighting someone like Josh Holly, who every time I see him impresses me like to say that he is tempted to the system I just think that when you're dealing with someone and people who are actual politicians you have to start from a place that's inherently less Trump trustful someone like Donald Trump because he's so distrustful in his already created persona it actually almost makes him more trustworthy as the political figure yes because you don't really have to trust him you can vote for him on the notion that like He's he was kind of like sending in. Listen, it was your the, own we, Hannibal Lecter. We said all the time. It was like you're just putting a bowl in a china shop. shop yeah. Like let just go crazy. Who cares what you're gonna do? You never went crazy though. Yeah, exactly. It's like well, that's that like we tr- the things we trusted him on. That you're like well is like, I don't know. I like DeSantis. My problem with DeSantis over Trump is the. He leans too much into the social issues. My, like, I don't he takes his points on like the trans rights and the love that. school stuff. Like, I love that, that. that because because the other stuff doesn't matter. I think the other um, stuff matters more. Like, it, oh, it, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Was my but, point. Like, it matters more, but that stuff's not never going to get better anyway. Okay. So like, I'd rather take. The, I'd rather take the wins that I'm fighting on Twitter. Any like, I have to fight these trans. Assholes like, see, who are trying to put men in women's sports. So I let DeSantis fight that battle. That's fun to me. What about he did take a stance on um, Ukraine and everything, which is cool. Is he anti-war? I didn't see it. Yeah, he wants peace. But look, but my whole thing is with Trump is how can anyone actually want Trump if you're a real if you are a real Trump supporter. Like, you were a January 6th-er, 6er, and you were there. Like, Trump abandoned you. I don't know. I think that he's... The things that you would want him to do... Like, I, I don't know. Did he, though? Like, what did he do? I don't think he has you can't let You can't let what's happening to those people happen to those people. He's made speeches, he talks, but, like, I don't think he, do, he can do much. Could have pardoned them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You can't pardon people who weren't even charged yet. Like, how do you know that they're... I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing, the whole is... thing is nuts. Yeah, the whole thing is bad. And I'm not saying... I'm probably more for Trump than I am for the rest of the Republican field. I'm probably not... Hmm. My biggest disappointment is that we're playing on the we're playing on the field that's been created for. I mean, us. it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not voting, so like, I don't really that's care. That's kind of where you're... I am. Like, we're playing on the field that's been created for us by the people we're supposed to be trying to stop. So, like, did Trump succeed or did does DeSantis succeed? It if we matter. have to win with like ballot harvesting on literally rigged voting machines, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I think the whole system. Unless we're we're coming together as a country left and right to expose the system itself. Like, you could put in Trump, you could put in The Rock, you could put in Steve Harvey. Like, it doesn't necessarily change anything outside of, like, you're controlled by the kleptocracy. So, 
how do we get rid of them first and then vote for the person that we like the most? You know, I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. I don't it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's, so that, that's it, where you're saying, like, correct. okay, DeSantis like, can at least fight the trans people. Exactly. <laughs> like, at least DeSantis... I, I like the trans people. No, I don't. So, like, I'd rather just have <laughs> him be like, you guys can just live your life. That's cool. But, like, how about you don't fuck with our bathrooms? Um, I'm not going to let you... I'm not going to let you teach children about this stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to ban I'm going to ban your books. What's the preferred bathroom outcome for you? If you are a biological male, you, you use a male bathroom. <laughs> I mean that If you're sense. a biological female, you use a women's bathroom. I'm not even the family bathrooms? Keep them. I use them sometimes. If like I really have to go in the men and women like the man's taken, I'm going to go in the family room. That's fine. But you know what I don't want? What about the unisex bathrooms where it's like the sinks are a common space and then there's like individual like stalls? No, I see that's I don't like that. No, Mm-mm. and then anyone can just go into no, the I don't bathroom. want that. Don't want that. What if there's just like two? Listen, unisex I am bathrooms? I am you know so I mean? like, old old white guy in my takes <laughs> these days, dude. Do you know how against weed I am? What? <laughs> that's crazy. I look down on you now. That's good. I'm like. It all started because I'm. I don't want to get too specific, just in case. But people who smoke weed, yeah, like all day. Okay. And I only ever see you in pajama pants. Okay. I have a problem with you. Yeah. Like a legit. Like I have a problem with you. Yeah. So like you, like you know, if you're putting on normal pants and going to work, fine. <laughs> do what you're ever gonna do. I don't really care. What if you work from home? I don't care. Don't You're put on pants. pants put on pants. What are we doing? You know what? You can work from home in pajama pants. But when you go outside for anything, have real pants Kids on. these days wear pajama pants as real pants. Hate it. Oh, come on. Hate it. I've said this before on this you podcast. You are a Republican. Yeah, dude. I've, I've said it before on this I've said it before on this podcast. I, like, this This generation of, like... I want to say that I'm, the, I'm still pretty much... I'm, I'm cool with the gay and the trans people. It's fine. Don't want them in men, men and women's sports. Should be men and women's sports. Listen, here's my belief. Men and women's bathrooms should be here's, men and women's bathrooms. Here's how I here's how I hold my my viewpoint. You'll, I'm never going to say pronouns if I think it's ridiculous. If you look like a I girl truly, and have a penis, I don't care. I truly just want people to do their own shit. So yeah. like, if you want to wear pajama pants and smoke weed, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not saying that should be against the law. But just know I don't like it. You know. That those that's those are my stances. I don't want to control anyone else's life. I just want to be able to talk about how much I dislike your life. Yeah, I need to be able to talk shit on you. Yeah, um, that's nice. Yeah, that's all. So that's where I'm at these days. But I've, I've taught like I went to the mall. Like this is maybe around Christmas time. I was doing Christmas shopping over the Amanda, and there's like this there's like this little group of girls when we first walked in. That were in, like, pajamas and a sweatshirt. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, why are they... And Amanda was like, no, like, that's their outfit. Like, they, they showered, got ready, and then put, put that, that off. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, no, they just slept They're in that... all these days, and all the kids wear pajamas. I was like, no, they... Cool clothes to wear. I was like, no, they slept in that last night, no. and now they're in the mall. And she's like, no. They go to school in that shit, dude. And then... Once we were in the mall, they have pajama pajamas. Once we were in the mall, out pajamas. Here's what here's the real thing that scares me. And like, if I, like you have a daughter, so like this is years down the line for you. But these girls with the sweatpants and like they walk into the mall with these hoodies on. 
The second the do- they get into that mall and their parents drop them off or whatever, that hoodie is off, and they are basically in a bra. What are we doing? Uh, I, I haven't noticed. Where are these parents? Look, you. There's nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. I know this has all happened before. It's just it, it's all the same stuff. But just no, I don't like it. I'm very conservative in my in how I want people to dress. Well, all I can say is, uh, I look again. Those types of those are the issues that I feel hold us back from making the actual progress. Like if we were to let those things go. But we're never going to make actual progress. I don't know. Look, this is what I'm saying. Like, if they go out and arrest Donald Trump this week, how many millions of people are going to be like, well, that's kind of fucked up because... No one. No, some people are, dude. No. Some people are going to be like, that's kind of fucked up because I know X, Y... Look. No. Bill Clinton paid Paula Jones while he was in office. It doesn't matter, dude. It does! No, it doesn't. You're so fooled. You're so funny. It's so funny how fooled you are. (laughs) You think... That there are people yeah. who are going to change their mind about you it, at this point in time. At this point in time, it is March twentieth, two thousand and twenty-three. If you do not fully understand what we are dealing with, you're never going to get it. Arresting Donald Trump will not change one single thing about anything. Well, I mean, because you either it understood change, it, it would before, change the fact that he's not under arrest today, and he'd be under arrest tomorrow. I sure it changes his personal <laughs> state of being. I think a lot of people like, understand how corrupt the justice system and our and federal you government think, is in general, right? Like, yeah. I think we agree on that. And you think, like, Donald Trump being arrested is like, they're like, oh my god, I get it now. No, because the way I look at it is like, we have, let's say, just for the, to make it simple, we have 47% of the country that feels things are great. Now, I know that's not an actual number. This is just for our imagination here. There's another 47% of the country that's like, no, things are terrible. And then in those two 47% is a subset and su- of each. One of the subsets are like people who are like, I think things are okay, but actually I could be swayed because it's like, ah. And then over here it's like, I think things are great, but it could be swayed, ah. And then like the most of them are firm on either side, but then there's the middle ground. And then there's the center, six or so percent, that like has no fucking clue about anything. They don't care. They don't want to know. If they heard, they would. It wouldn't change anything because they don't have the mental capacity to even understand it. But I think that every time something wonky happens, like weird school shootings, or like people are forced to look into Stephen Paddock's fucking hotel room, or uh, Joe Biden shows up and looks like a hologram, like I think every time something weird like that happens, a very small percentage of people go, "Hold on a second. This is fucked. And it sways that final number. And if it piles up enough, or if the things are big enough, it could really make an impact. That's what I think, like, the WikiLeaks emails in 2016, like, I think that's one of the main reasons why Trump won. Because WikiLeaks existed, Julian Assange put out those emails, and people saw that the Democratic Party was essentially Hillary Clinton's tool to reach the presidency, and they didn't like that. So I do think that things like that can have a... That's why I think they suppressed the Hunter Biden's laptop, because I do think that they thought... That if people had a real ability to vet the information, it would impact the outcome of that election. I just think most people, I don't even think it's most, I think it's all. Like, I think everyone is in their camp already. I don't think you're, like, in any people that 
do get swayed one way, there's that same I mean, amount going going the other way. Wishy-washy and and have no convictions on anything. There's a lot of people out there who don't have courage of their convictions and cannot defend their positions at all. And when they're confronted with harsh truths, they melt. They wilt if you put any pressure on them. They're, those people exist. And when things like Donald Trump got arrested, but look at all the other fucking criminals that are in the fucking... That's an impossible position for a lot of these wishy-washy assholes to defend. In my opinion. I say lock them up. But also <laughs> lock up Obama, Clinton... Bush, any living president also should be locked Dick up. Dick Cheney and George Bush Lock getting them to up. live the last years of their lives as free Lock men them and women is insane. Lock them up. Lock Obama up. Lock Hillary Clinton up. Lock them oh, all up. I wanted to touch on this. I thought about this during the week. You know how I entertain conspiracy theories. But like, I, very few conspiracy theories do I come out and make a definitive stance on. But I wanted to make a definitive position, my definitive position on one of the more popular conspiracy theories of the day i want to take a real position on it because i think i've i've reached a conclusion on it and that is is michelle obama a trans conspiracy theory oh no i am taking the position of she is not a trans woman i've come out on the no side of that Uh, oh gun to my head i'm saying no gun to my head i'm saying like yeah i think that there's a lot of fun compelling evidence i love the joan rivers clip which i've played and cited millions and millions of times but the one thing that always is going to keep me in the not a trans category, when I listen to her voice, she has a natural woman's voice. And I can't rationalize any way that that... Usually when there's like trappy femme people or like trans people that can like pass, the giveaway the for voice. me is always the voice. And I've now over the weekend I was listening to a lot of Michelle Obama recordings just like in passing you're 100% right there her voice and is I've very listened natural. to her voice now it's a, she's a woman man unless there's some, something really weird going Listen. on that I can't factor in is she a woman probably <laughs> like let's be honest like most not most but like I'm not gonna make a, I'm not gonna theories. make a definitive position on Tartaria of the Hollow Earth though but trans Michelle Obama yes I just think I've seen enough where I'm like I can't man. just because her voice sounds right doesn't mean like like, the picture... Her kids' pictures? The picture of, like, Obama and the Michelle Obama lookalike, who's a dude? <laughs> Michael. Big Mike. Like, what? <laughs> Do you ever see the press conference of the gay guy who accused uh, uh, Barack of forcibly coming on to him in, in a limousine? Did you ever see that guy's press conference? <laughs> no. There's a lot of weird... There's a couple different people who've come out over the years who have said that they've had gay interactions with Barack Obama. Look, all legend. Would he have not won if he was gay and black? Isn't that so ironic? Because like nowadays, <laughs> dude, he would win it all. Probably wouldn't have come close, but nowadays, wouldn't he would have swept the entire country? Gay and black. Michelle's a trans. Yeah, like they it's would just, not have. If he was running for president today, they'd be super open about it. Yeah, but that's why it's stupid. That's why everything is just dumb, and why like I don't know. I hate everything. Nothing I say is real. It's just a, a facade. I don't really believe in anything because it's impossible to believe in anything anymore. What am I supposed to believe in as a citizen of 2023 America? I know. Well, that's my take on politics. I wanted to bring that up because I just think that we're at a time where like, they're literally trying to convince you that UFOs are coming. And meanwhile, like every like from the top down, every member of this government 
has questionable motives, conflicts of interest, just out out and out corrupt dealings in their past, people who've just been elevated out of sheer nepotism or for political reasons that are so obvious. Kamala Harris is the most the most elevated incompetent person in our entire government. No one likes her from the top down. She's never had a poll of a popularity poll of a significant portion of this country where she's gotten more than like 21% of people to say that they even want she's anything the to do vice with president. She's the vice president. So like if you're someone out there who's legitimately concerned that like Donald Trump might get arrested, worry about having enough canned goods in your house. <laughs> ammo. Get just, ammo. Just go watch John Wick and turn your brain <laughs> off and just realize like this is the pinnacle. It doesn't get better. The best it's going to get in 2023 is Watching a movie like John Wick. But dude, the cool thing is we're almost done with the first term of Joe Biden. And, I mean, he has, a, for as much damage as he's done. He's done a great job. We're, we're, we're I fine. give him I give him an A+. Plus. You, I can't believe how hard it's been for them to actually get us into the hot war with Russia. They're trying so it's hard. Easy. It's not I easy. I thought it was just going to be. No. It would have been easy in 2016. They were on the verge. But that's because no one at that point knew that the liberals were warhawk, warhawk. Yeah, no one knew that yet. Now everyone knows. Only that. So now it's like, well, yeah, so. more people are watching them. And it's like, and well, there's more Republican opposition. Like guys like Matt Gates didn't have positions of power in 2016. Now, did people? Here's an interesting thing to think about: Are Republicans now anti-war because it's beneficial for their no like elections, or is that really their stance? Uh, certain Republicans, so like guys like Jim Abbott, came out. So like Tucker last week on his show did a questionnaire for the top Republican presidential candidates, so like Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, but also DeSantis, and then other people like Gates and and Holly. And he was getting their opinions on these types of things, war and the economy and all that. The people who are Trump Republicans, the the DeSantis and Gateses of the party. I believe they truly hold that position. Then the people like Haley and Chris but Christie... They, but I think they hold that position not because of like a noble anti-war thing. I think they hold that position just from a I don't know, that economics mean, America first standpoint. It doesn't make any sense for us to be in these wars. Sure, but that's the same thing. Like Gates, to me, is no different than like the left-wingers who don't want war yeah. in this sense. Because like... Sure, maybe it's coming from more of a fiscal position than a moral position, but ultimately the result is he is more isolationist. He doesn't want to get... He's not interventionist, and that'll apply in the future going forward. Like, that is his wing, his ideology, is like, no. do not get involved in foreign conflict. Yeah. So, like, we don't have that wing on either side. Which is very tough for America. We love getting <laughs> we love involved in international conflict. So, guys like DeSantis and... And Gates, I do think, actually hold that position firmly and truly. But then the Nikki Haley's and Chris Christie's are and the opposite. They're the Warhawks. They're still the Warhawks, the Romneys. Like, they're going to so stay Let's go way. in there. But then there's the let's third, show them how the America third crew who are like the Jim Abbotts, who are like governors and elected officials from states where it's you have to be pro-Trump in your position, but they're sort of neoconservative in their upbringing in politics. So, like... They're kind of telling a finer line where they're saying, we need peace, but also democracy in Ukraine, we're going to defend. And it's like... Can't have both ways. Yeah. So, like... 
It's a good, it's a good thing, thing my mic just fell because we realized that the recording just, had stopped yeah, so minutes and minutes ago. We probably didn't say anything interesting in that five minutes. Um, I, all, the only thing I said during the five minutes I enjoyed was how I use this podcast to kind of get all my... Like, I say shit on here now that I'm like, it's just like, oh, let me just get my anger for everything out. Because I think the world is dumb. And so, I use it here. And then I leave here and everything's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, I try and make the point to people... This is what I said while the podcast was up. I try and make the point to people, like, this is the, this is us being nice. Like, being able to say these things, that's your right and your ability. And it's if enough of us agree, then the people who run the country will have to be forced to rethink how they're doing it. Or else... And our ancestors laid the groundwork. We're like, we, sh- we are so much more patient. Did we say that during the... I don't know. I think that's what was said yeah. during the... Fu- We're so much more we patient. We missed that. Is that... The founding fathers. That the American Revolution was started over so much less than what we deal with now. And the, corru- the corruption that we deal with... Corruption. Allowed to happen. Corruption. The, your, your rights being taken away. So much. And we're just like, all right. We'll let it go this time. Eventually, like there's gonna be a there's gonna be a, a straw that breaks a camel's said back. It'll be ugly. Um, there was another thing I wanted to talk about this episode while we were together. Um, I was thinking about how. Oh wait, do you like this? What I. Where's our... We need our cloud. Right? It's, I'm like, it looks stupid. Yeah, maybe because of the white... We need the white cloud behind it. Yeah. Um, I think that video games are the greatest medium, artistic medium today. Like, outside of, like, actual art, like, painting. Um, I think that video games are the best. Like, better yeah, than TV I mean, and, video, and movies and better than music. I would, I would say... I would disagree. I, I think video games are probably... They're up there. I think podcasting is, like, the best. Especially the Brothers Ketchup. Like, if you're counting that as art, then I think that's, like, the best form. But that's about it. I think that the... I think the labor-intensive... The reason why I say this is because... I think that Skyrim is, like, the one of the greatest pieces of media ever created. And video games now have gone... So, like, if we take from, like, Pong, or, like, whatever you want to say the start of the video game industry was, like, even if you go back to the 60s, like, when computing first entered the realm of consciousness, uh, till now, like, video games now have had a long time to get to where they are, and how commercialized and corporate the industry's become has given us the ability to kind of juxtapose true works of art to, like... You know, corporate shit that comes out and is just filler. And I think when you compare and contrast, like, the height of the industry to the floor. For example, like, the shittiest Marvel movie to the shittiest, like, generic video game. I just think that there's so much more value for the consumer in the video game world than in, like, television or or movies like you're treated with a little bit more respect and you can you can kind of enjoy the work in in a way that's 
more fulfilling, I guess, than most other mediums, which gives it, I think, a better value, I guess, or a better hold than the other mediums. Oh, it's more immersive. Definitely is more immersive. That definitely contributes. Um more interactive but also from like the design and you're working on a in like a 3d plane yeah because like you're thinking about the story but then you're thinking about how you execute and create the the game itself like think about like in a movie if you're following a character you're just watching this character so if this character is walking down the street and doesn't go into a building well then there's nothing behind that building to me that's just a building that exists so that we could see that it's in a city. Yeah. But if you're in a video game and you're playing as a character and you're walking down the street, but you can walk into any of these doors on the yeah, street. Like that all has to be thought out and yes. programmed. Yeah. So there's just so much more to it. And just playing Skyrim again on another console where it's just like 12 years now since it first came out. And it's a timeless game. It's a timeless anything, you know? It's more than... It's like the Gone with the Wind of, of video games. It's crazy. But you can literally stick yourself in that world and do an unlimited amount of things and have unique experiences every single time. And it's all handcrafted and created with incredible care. And I just think that that kind of artistic creativity should be discussed alongside things like the fucking Mona Lisa or like the Godfather. Or... The Wire, you know? The Wire? Why'd you say with a Boston accent? That's the the Family Guy clip. You ever see that? No. Where Peter's like, have you ever watched The Wire? I was confused because The Wire takes place in Baltimore. I and I was like, that's not a Baltimore accent. Peter Griffin and The Wire joke. It's all. It's all that is. And also, I think, like, playing on the new Xbox has definitely put me in, like... Just kind of seeing how far video games have come since I was a kid. I'm starting to have a lot more, like, nostalgia gaming feelings where it's, like, things are much bigger and crazier now. And, like, am I always going to be, like, am I always going to be able to play? Like, not just, like. You're going to be too complex. <laughs> you're going to be poking at it. Like, I was playing Harry Potter a lot. And, you know, the mechanics didn't feel overwhelming. But, like. I could just see there being a day where, like, these games are too fast and big for me. I can't. Dude, I think that's why, like, I never got... Like, I was never a big video game person. And, what, like, I don't know. I just can't... I don't know. For some reason, my brain just can't handle... Like, what, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Nah, that's it for me. Put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, do I do. I, I really do. That's the beauty of No, I know, but I, I... When I play a game, I'm like... I need to follow the rules of the game, and I'm. I need to follow the script. I need to break the rules. Um, it kind of the cool thing about playing Skyrim again is I'm getting confirmation that I'm probably one of the best Skyrim players on planet Earth. I don't know if I'm like top. I odds are you're not. I'm probably. I would say if you could rank people playing solo Skyrim, I'm probably in the top like thousand players. Maybe ten. Maybe 000. maybe thousand. You play a lot. You've played a lot. You played on like, different consoles. I'm just casually. I just with a wild hair up my butt was like I'm gonna throw this on master difficulty because like 
It's been a, I haven't played Skyrim now in like three years, probably. It's like the longest I haven't played Skyrim since I started playing Skyrim. Dude, casually in like three days, my character's level 30, just dominating every dungeon. Now, I've had some deaths, of course, but like every single death has been like bullshit, cheap death, restart, take care of it, no problem. Can't, can't say I'm not a dominant uh, Skyrim lord. Um, it's way too cold in here for me to podcast any longer. You're really that cold? Yeah, I'm like freezing. Why? My, my hands are like numb. You're the one who's like all into ice baths. No, I'm not. This we nice. just talked about that last week, how I'd, I've never done it. And you were like, I do it. No, I said I I have had ice showers. Yeah, that's what I don't. I don't do that. I prefer warm showers. You said you like when people do the ice baths. Well, sure, it's good for that. Those people. Not for me though. It's not that cold. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, you don't have anything to bring to the table. Not really. I'm trying to think. Uh... You're pathetic. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> all right, well, that's, that's good. That's all then. I got. All right, we'll talk next time. This is just nothing now, There I are guess. two things that I know I want to talk about today. Okay. I don't know if you have anything. Um. Do you want to talk about bad Cubans of baseball? Dude. It's funny, I turned, I tuned into the second inning of that game on YouTube. There was like a live stream. And the comments were all in Spanish. And there were Cubans. And it was 
one nothing at that point, or two, like, two nothing, or whatever it was. Down was goes one. America. And they were yeah, like I can understand most of the sentiment, even though it's in Spanish. And like, oh, these people are America like, America's so let's go, Cuba. It was the end of the USA. And, and then like, they just and get then, like, steamrolled. By the time I tuned back in, it was like nine to two, and I was like, oh, <laughs> there's no more Spanish comments. It was really so the the. What's really cool about the World Baseball Classic has been, like, the illumination of different storylines and things I just didn't know about, like, the world of baseball. Because, like, as an American fan, like, I like the Yankees. I barely know what goes on with the Diamondbacks, let alone what's going on in Puerto Rico or Cuba or whatever. The history of Cuban baseball and, like, how it got to, like, the point where it is now is so fascinating. Like... They were Ruth taking taking trips down there. They were a powerhouse. Like they were so good at baseball. Well, there was there was a a large period of time which we kind of don't talk about anymore, where people thought Cuba was like going to be the fifty first state. So like, it was a Cuba was very close to being Las Vegas of the Caribbean. Like, like, yeah, like so like after like the eighties and then the nineties, like it was like well every good baseball player is in Cuba and they are much better than we are and like they're coming and then like. The early 2000s, it kept going. And Baseball then, players were washing up ashore on rafts. And then that's what happened. It's like, well, then all the good players said, well, I want to go play in America. So they just left illegally. And then because they left illegally, Cuba was like, well, we don't want you. And you're yeah, never allowed to play for us. You can't play in the Caribbean series. You can't play in any of this stuff. And now, so Cuba's just got, like, no one left to play baseball. And they're bad. Like, they're the 70s kind of like just because their pool was really bad and like they didn't really have to play anybody to get there but it is it i don't know it's fascinating because like randy rosarina was on the mexican team and i don't really think anything of it but i knew he wasn't i was like he's not he's not from mexico but okay whatever he's, he's very, cuban he's very loose ties to mexico. he's cuban but his story is fascinating so he was playing at the highest level in cuba making four dollars a month and he was like, well, this is, isn't going to work. <laughs> so Cuba was playing in the Caribbean series in Puerto Rico. And they specifically were like, well, we're not sending Randy because he's never coming back if we send him. <laughs> so he didn't even get to go play in the Caribbean World Series. So he's just stuck in Cuba and says, well, fuck this. He gets on a boat, goes to Mexico, lands in Mexico with not a dollar to his name. Goes to, like, a tryout for, like, a Mexican baseball league. I'm the best player. Doesn't have cleats, gloves, anything. He's sharing cleats with a guy who's, like, also trying out for the team. Makes the team. Obviously is good. The Rays sign him for one point whatever. And now he's, like, this... Not, like, a star, but, I mean, he was sick in the World Series. He's been really good. And when the World Baseball Classic was going, he knew he wasn't allowed to play for Cuba. And he wanted to play, and he wanted to play for Mexico. And so, he, like, reached out to, like, the Mexican government. He was like, please grant me citizenship so I can play for your team. And they're like, okay. Sweet. So now he's just a Mexican citizen. It's, it's so wild. Stupid Cuba. That's what socialism gets you. There's so many, really, the fun, the fun thing for me is hearing the conversation about, like, the international game and how fun it is and i look you know how i feel about the rule changes and speeding up the game and all that um dude these world baseball classics haven't had pitch clock yeah i don't feel like you don't notice it at all but i think that's kind of been my point it's like okay the games might be short or the games might be long but 
if the games are fun, it doesn't matter. Correct. Like, if the games are intense and pe- the players are having fun and it's fun to watch, like it could be seven hours and that's good. You want more airtime. Um, what I think is really interesting is how the United States is clearly not. It's not like what the dream team in basketball was in the Olympics, like back in the day, and that's kind of like what we want it to be. But baseball in America isn't that anymore, and it probably won't be. Like it probably isn't going to come back where the United States is going to be as good. Like every year, we're probably going to be a little bit less good, and the rest of the world is going to catch up a little bit in baseball. Yeah, and I think that's probably a good thing. But what I think is really cool about it is like seeing our players be as good as they are. Our just, players are amazing. Well, it's like even though, yeah, we're not as good as we probably used to be, and we've got Hall of Famers and MVPs. But like, in every our position. team is so funly, and it's not even the best player. Our like, nine, Trout is on the team. They were talking about it last night during the game. You can make this team even better. Trey Turner hit two home runs yesterday. He's playing out of his mind. Playing out of his mind. He's not even your best. He got. He just got paid in the offseason. Three hundred million. He just signed a three hundred million dollar contract. He's our nine hitter. Like fuck this guy. <laughs> He's like the worst guy in our team. I know. So it'll be interesting to see. Like maybe by the time we're old, like, like maybe it, there are other teams that like put it does us in suck, our place. Like when Judge had his comments about not going, I loved it. I was like, good, good, don't go. You're right. We do need a World Series win here. But part of me watches these games. I'm like, I wish Judge was like at these games. It's hard to say this is our best team when Judge isn't. Correct. Isn't there? There's a lot of but there's a lot of players like that. Yeah. But that's why it's cool. Like it's. It's we don't have to win this tournament. Like that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like I'm surprised how much fun I've got I've gotten watching other teams play baseball and enjoy it and be good. Like, I'm excited watching for some of these other teams. Dude, I'm excited for like tonight's game. Like Mexico yeah. Japan is re- is like that's to me that's like a really game. cool it's game to watch. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's what I like. And it's not so much. It'll be cool when the United States wins. We should win. But. It's I think it's cool going to be knowing, tough if we play Japan. Well, we already lost to Mexico, too, so I don't yeah. know. It's all, But it's just cool knowing that we've brought the world to sport that's so fucking good. And, like, everyone can appreciate it. Like, if you watch this, well, it's so fun and good. And it's our sport. So that's, what I, that's my fear, though. Is, like, I don't think, as a country, we appreciate baseball enough. And it's going to be... It's not going to be our sport for much longer. But it, it always will be. Like, even though it's not... Even I think not it might not be. It, we, we gave it to you. Like, I think that's, like, kind of the cool thing about, like, football and basketball. It's like, you can bring in as many Europeans into the NBA as you want. It's never going to not be kids in this country playing basketball. Same thing with football. It's always going to be people here playing football. I think that there is a point in baseball where it's like, it's going to be the majority of the league, like 80% of the league is going to be international players, and you're going to have a 20% of like these you know, people who play baseball here. But you're always going to have representative uh, red-blooded Americans who, sure. who are at the top of the sport. But and I just, not only that, like, it's, like I said, I think last week, like, I'd rather watch people who love the game play it. Well, and I think that's what the difference is in this I, than like most of I the think, regular season in the MLB. I think part of the reason why your idea from of like last week of like a new way to do it is the reason why it's interesting is because you you can't recreate these these moments in like a regular season game. You yeah, just can't. We're gonna feel like this in May, in the middle of June, in against July, the pirates against the yeah, like no, you. There's no state. I barely care. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I care a lot, but like. 
So yeah, I don't know. I but don't know how you get the sport too. Like, oh, hello. Oh, I don't even know who this is. Hold on, let's see. Oh god. Hello. To edit this. You son of a bitch. Stop with the spam calls. Um, but yeah, it's but it is awesome to watch. Like even Trey Turner said, like that that home run, the grand slam he hit, it was electric. He was like, that was like probably the biggest moment of my career. He's been in the World Series, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he won a World Series. So like, I get it, and like, and that's my point about the rule changes that baseball so desperate to like make their game exciting because they don't have an understanding of their game. You don't need those games in May. Like I said last week, when I, my whole idea is the point is like you don't need those games in May to feel like these games in the World Baseball Classic. Appreciate that your long season gives you stretches of the season where maybe the intensity isn't there. But appreciate your game. Stop acting like the game is the problem. The game is the game. I don't know. I think you could just add things that make it cooler. Well, that's what last week... Like, it was... Okay, it's more... For the good teams, it's more of an exhibition. But for the bad teams, there's something at play. Because if you're not good, you could be out of the league. You could be a... You know, relegated. Yeah, I think... I think what it should be... What should happen is... Um... This is my idea, and I'm, I just came up with it right now. So this is not this is not thought out. Each month of the season is like its own mini season, okay. and you're not playing for a championship or anything like that. But you're playing for the right to keep your team. So, like, if you are if you win your division outright, each division, if you win your division at the end of the month, your team is safe. Fine. Okay. All right. If you if you are in the top, so like, there's how many divisions? Four, four in each on NLAL. If you are then, so that's four teams. Then the next five best teams. Uh, doesn't matter what division you're coming no, from. Three you're right. Okay, so the next three, five, seven. That's fine. So the next five best teams in the league. Doesn't matter what division. Your team is safe. Now, the bottom two teams. Of the of each league, not the division, the bottom two teams, they each get to pick one player from any of those teams that didn't finish in the top five or win their division. So it's almost like a mini draft. So like, okay, you gave this guy a contract, and like you have to take the contract, you have to pay him. So like, like if you're like the Pirates and you came in last, maybe you don't want to pick a guy who's super expensive, but there's a young guy who's under control. You get him for free. You don't have to give him up anything. And then you play the next month, and the same thing happens. So it incentivizes the. What happens to guys like Aaron Hicks, who are on a team that it's like you're on a team that stays in the league, but then they draft someone who's clearly better than you, just start out of a job. Yeah. So what are you talking about? That's the whole point. If you're on the worst team, the whole point is to get rid of Aaron Hicks. If, well, Aaron Hicks wouldn't go because ideally the Yankees, your team would be safe. You wouldn't. Well, no, but the Yankees are going to draft someone, and they're going to be looking at the roster. Like, they can't. On. They're not going to come in last. Oh, I thought the draft is only between... I thought the good teams draft from the, the team that's eliminated. No, 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 no. So you're just picking the scraps. The, the worst teams get to pick from the middle. So they get to improve their team. And the middle has to be like, we got to get better, or we're going to get one of our people picked. But their strategy to it, you know? You could be like, let's purposely... Man, you just burn your whole house down. Maybe you purposely lose because you want to draft. You want to grab a guy. Listen, like I said, I just came up with this idea. It's probably horrible. I like it actually. 
I like then, fantasy drafts. Yeah, then at, by the end of the season, if you came in last six times in a row, you got six new players. I wish expansions. How many jerseys only, you can sell? We're the only way we get to draft from current team. Roster. It's cool. We should. It, there should be a Every system four in place. Years, the MLB should have like a. Uh, I don't know. Like you, per, you can protect like four to five guys, but then the whole rest of the league just gets drafted. Like your entire. Like, done. They do that with the rule, five, the rule five. The rule five draft. They do it every year. But this should expand it to like everyone. Yeah, draft. instead of it just being like for minor league guys <laughs> who haven't made it or something. It's We're just drafting like, again. No, I just built this team. Fuck. <laughs> or it should be like it should actually instead of it being every four years like the U.S. presidential cycle, it should be more like British Parliament, where at any point I have the I have the idea when the when the qualifications are met, anyone can call for a new. For okay, a that's that was my idea. Anytime it's. Each you decade, two a year if it happens. No, not you can't be like each decade. No, it's got to be like each team should be given like met, when like when it's like fifty percent plus one of the teams call for a draft. A draft can happen. So no, like, I was almost thinking like each team is given like you're given a draft. You can use it at any time. It's like a card. You just hold on to it. Oh, we're using a draft. And, like, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, we've been sucking for a while. We don't see a future. There's a lot of good players out there. We're calling for a draft. Each team gets to, like, shit. They, they have, like, a week to protect four players. And then it, the they, draft just happens. Then it just have to happen. That's and what that, I'm saying. And just that one team drafts, though. But that's why, instead of giving each team one draft, I think... I think it'd be more fun if, like, you if it were like fifty percent plus one of the league, and then the, the entire... bad teams would have to like lobby certain good teams who are like not. No, I don't want. Yeah. Like, so you get like one year where, like last year, where it was just like the Astros and the Yankees in the American League, and then everyone else was just kind of like shitty. Yeah. It would behoove like, hey, why don't we just do it right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole league sucked last year. And then, like, the good teams are like, no, guys, this is awful. MLB should pay us. I know. We're coming up with a great idea. Every ideas. week, we have a, someone from the league needs to listen to our podcast. We're going to help save your game. Now, I will say, and part of it is because I listened to John and Susan a bunch over the weekend, because now they're broadcasting the Spring Chain games, and... Um, they said it a million times, so I was propagandized. Like, the pitch clock is great. The pitch clock. Oh, it's so fast. The pitch clock. The pitch clock. But, I mean, if John likes it. I know. Well, I got to say, it wasn't bad. You know, the games do move fast. Um, there was a game. I still think they're too fast. I don't want a game ending in two hours flat. That's my problem. Like, why do I want that? Yeah, like, why are we trying to, why are we trying to speed What am I supposed to do at 9.15 at night now when there's no game on? We'll watch basketball. What am I supposed to do the rest of the night? <laughs> I know. It's so dumb. You know where I will like it, though? West Coast trips. Sure. Like, oh, I'll but, be in bed before midnight? That's kind of cool. But my three-hour hard cap is a better solution. Dude, you know what You know what the MLB should adopt <laughs> from the World Baseball Classic? What? Bring in mercy rules to the MLB. Yes! Dude, it is fun watching a team get demoralized. Like, yeah, this game's over in six. Yeah, five and a, you gotta play at least five and a half. Yeah. But it's then... up by 15 after six, or up by 10 after seven. That's it. That's fine. The game, that's full. Yeah. You get last licks. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, all right, we didn't do it. You can get it to within nine if you really want keep to it keep going. the game going. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you, want, if you don't want this game to end, be better. Yeah, be better, man. I agree. And I agree with... It saves... Like, if their whole thing isn't just about the speed of the game, and it's like, well, it's about player safety. Uh, so player crazy. safety. I hate player safety. Player safety. I want let's, there to let's be Let's end games. Let's stop right using... Field. 
unleashed every time an yeah, error. Yeah, player safety is insane. We used to play <laughs> Yankee Stadium. Used to just have plaques of stone just in the middle of the field. You could just run into a grave. There's basically. nothing that's ruining American sports faster than the concept of player safety. You would have to run up a hill in center field where there was just a pole. There I don't was even a know pole there. Sports began. In like the Aztec times, when they when the, the like, winning team was sacrificed to the gods, they were like gladiators, those sport, those people would just know. die. Like, so I, look, I I know we pay Judge a lot of money. I don't want to ever see him get hurt. I love that man, but also, dude, die for the ball. Also, do you see how good he's been in spring he's training? So good. Like the way how good he's been in spring training is making me think like. Is he gonna actually like repeat what he did? Well, here's the thing: for as good as he's been, almost every other aspect of the Yankees team, has aside been from the rookie kids who we want to be good, has been terrible. Hicks has been good. Hicks has been good. <laughs> well, not defensively. He's been he's hitting. Got him hits. He's been hitting. I mean, but that okay. Yesterday everyone, there was a tweet. Everyone who's ever on the Yankee bubble coming into spring training. Like go back to Bird and Carter, like all these guys come into spring training. And they hit. And then the season, and then the starts. season starts. and they don't hit. So, like, uh, good for Hicks. I mean, All I know is, yesterday I was just scrolling Twitter. You know who hasn't hit? Josh Donaldson. I can't. Yeah, and Josh run. Donaldson. Oh, Josh, well, Josh Donaldson's not going to hit. I was on Twitter yesterday just scrolling, and there was a tweet. It was just, and Josh Donaldson loses his bat <laughs> on a strikeout. He's now batting 192 oh. this spring. It's like, well, what are we doing? Spring. He can't hit spring pitching. Like, do we think he's going to have a bounce-back year? Don't you think if he was going to have a bounce-back year, he'd maybe show signs in you spring? You remember the old Bonds video? Without a bat, like what his average would be, I really think Donaldson would be better without, without a bat, bat there. Like, if like he stop just swinging. Took the option of him swinging out of it, like he might get on base more. Dude, he's he's bad, and he's gonna play. But for I'm at not least... even worried about the offense because, like, sure, no one's I hitting, am. but like, no one's pitching. Yeah, our pitching is <laughs> dude. Sevy's getting rocked. Cole's Cole getting rocked. Hermann's getting can't rocked. Do it. Clark had a good outing. Nestor gave up two home runs. Isn't that, I thought Nestor's hurt. Is he pitching now? He pitched the other day. Get, get rocked. Runs, yeah. Two home runs in three innings. Verdon's dead. <laughs> Montas is a <laughs> fucking loser. So look at your whole. Our right bullpen here. isn't good. Our bullpen is like you know, your bullpen's a collection of guys you don't know anything about, and uh, a few guys that you know. Dude, some I have honest, you hope there is a chance that this Yankee team is bad. It could be bad. I don't think they're going to be. They'll be fine. Correct. But they could be bad. But it's a wild card Yankee team. Dude, honestly though, I I just can't stop thinking about the Dolphins. I have to like t- I have to like get myself I think we're going to have a team that is going to allow 13 points That's on tough average. Division, man. And score 30 points on I've average. Been, I can't get that excited. We might be a top three offense and a top you three defense. Again. <laughs> like, do it. like, how does that team not win the Super Bowl? You're on the, you're on the extremes. <laughs> so you'd be more like me, where you look at it and you're like, a lot of things to be excited about here. Uh, it's going to disappoint me so Nah, I am, I'm just... I want it. Look, if we win the division, that'll be great. I think that even though That's we the need goal. to do more... I think winning the division in a year when you have Aaron Rodgers in the division and the I just like thinking off of their run now where they've been the top of the division for years. If we steal this division, that would show that this team's on a really good trajectory. I just think that like if everything just kind of works, it'll be great. You're a really good football team. I just think that some things aren't going to work. And there are a few things that could really not work that would be bad. So, like, 
injuries are a huge one. We have to survive the injuries. Well, last year, last year I thought we got decimated by injuries. So just be a little bit better than that, and I think you're going to be fine. Then you have, you do have sort of an aging defense now. Like Xavier Howard and uh, Ramsey are both getting to thirty. You have. You have Chubb, who didn't really do much while he was here. Like, there's a lot of things that still have to show up. But Fangio. Okay, I, see, I understand. That's the difference. I understand. That's the difference. Fangio got fired after three years in Denver. Where he was a head coach. Was kind of. He was a head coach. It was different. I agree. I'm He's a great saying, coordinator. Just saying that I, I think that there are ways where we get to the end of the year and you're like, man, we're just nine and seven again. <laughs> Sneaking in with a wild card or just barely missing the playoffs. I'm predicting 15 wins. I would love 15 <laughs> wins, dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, whoa. What does that even feel like? Look, I gotta be honest. Like, but what I does it feel at, like to be a Chiefs fan? I don't know, but I look at this roster and I can see a scenario where we do dominate the league. Like, whoa, man, that'd be great. And especially if two is playing 16 games, I'm taking my team every single game that season. We are fucking good. But we've never done it, so like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling good. <laughs> All right. Let's start a podcast.